You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome to episode 45 of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Now, if you have to wait here, you're probably looking for the same thing that I'm looking for, a better way, a better life, self-actualization, and you're looking to become that so elusive best version of yourself. Now, as part of that process, I try to bring guests on who have either dramatically changed their own lives and or have learned and studied enough about the process and about human behavior that they can pass along those tactics and strategies and help you do the same with your life. And in my opinion... While there are many dynamic and electric folks in this space, helping countless people and transforming lives, there is no single individual making a greater impact than today's guest. As far as I'm concerned, he is your favorite guru's guru, the personal coach to some of the world's most prominent entertainers, athletes, CEOs, and politicians. He's the first guest that I had on this very podcast and the first guest that I'm bringing back for a second appearance. And the reason for that is twofold. Number one, any chance I have to sit and chop it up with Ed Milet, I am going to do that. If my guy's available, I drop everything to spend some time with him. That's how much I think of him. Secondly, he has written a profound and moving book entitled The Power of One More, a book that is not only destined to become an instant classic, but one that will absolutely change lives and you'll go back to over and over again. The Power of One More. It's an extraordinary book written by an extraordinary individual, and I cannot wait to get into this. It's episode 45 of The Reinvention Project with the iconic Ed Milet, and it's coming at you right now. Ed, my brother, I've got to say, I know for a fact that this is one of 17 calls and or appointments today. I just need to know what number am I, my brother? Numero uno, as always. Get out of here. You know that. Been looking forward to this all day. Let's do this. My man, I don't mean rank me. I mean, I bet you've done 15 of these things already. In fact, you probably have 15 more. Let me just say this right off the very top. I want to tell you how thrilled I am and how grateful I am to call you a good friend and have you in my life. I need to say this. And I also want to add, Ed, right off the top, you, more than any other individual, are responsible for this very podcast because after appearing on your incredible pod, you suggested that perhaps I explore this space a little bit more deeply that maybe not only might I grow and evolve from it, but others might from my experience as well. And the truth is, Ed, it has done wonders for me personally. The feedback I've received has been so gratifying. So thank you very much right off the top for your encouragement, your friendship, and for making time for what I know will be another awesome conversation today. My honor, your ninth uh, of the day, and it was really obvious when you take the best interviewer and listener of all time and someone who has lived all these principles of personal development and growth and you combine them two in you that you would be epically great at this, and it turned out I was right, so I'm thrilled you're doing it. Well, that that means the world to me. Thank you so much. Now, your long-awaited new book is entitled The Power of One More, and it's going to be out in a couple of weeks. Before we really dive into the contents and discuss The Power of One More, I know like everything else you do, you poured absolutely everything you had into this project. What was it like then to write The Power of One More, and how's it going to feel to finally put it out into the universe and see the dramatic impact that it's sure to have? It was hard to write it, brother, as you know, because I wrote it after my dad passed away and it was sort of the catalyst to do it. And so, you know, that part of it wasn't easy, you know, but at the same time I was honoring my dad and writing the book and, you know, 
and when I turned 50 is when my dad passed away, right around there. You were so good to me when he passed away, by the way. But mm. it occurs, people ask me all the time, you know, what have you learned now that you're older? I've learned how little I know. That's just the truth. The truth is I've learned how little I know. But what I do know, I put in the book. So at this stage of my life, it's what I know about how to become happier and more successful. Actually, the tagline is the ultimate guide to happiness and success. So I, uh, I'm honored to have written it. It was a lot of work. Writing doesn't come naturally to me, but it, I think it turned out great in terms of putting it out. It's a relief. There's a little anxiety, like, you know, did I put in there the way that I wanted to do it? But I've been rereading it a lot, you know, because I'm doing interviews for this. And I really think it's good. And so I'm proud of it. And, you know, hopefully it'll make a difference in people's lives the way that it has for me. And there's like, you know, like 19 strategies in there. They're all real heavy. This is a tactical book, very strategic. But there's something in there for someone. So I'm really excited about it. All right. So I'm going to circle back to your dad in one moment because I wanted to ask you about him. Now, the power of one, Ed, is more obviously, I mean, simply the title of the book, but more obviously, it's a strategy. It's a philosophy. Frankly, it's a lifestyle. What does the power of one more represent to you personally? There's a lot of meanings because like when my dad got sober, he had tried to get sober many times. You know that that was one of the major decisions that's altered my life. But I remember him vividly saying to me, I'm going to give it one more try. And there's a chapter in the book called One More Try. And for me, there's been a lot of times as an entrepreneur, I've thought of packing it in. And my dad, he, I say, Dad, you going to stay sober the rest of your life? He goes, I don't know. I'm going to stay sober one more day at a time. And so a lot of times we try to make these permanent lifetime decisions. Never quit. Well, that's hard to do. So a lot of times when I was about to quit, I'm like, you know what? I just won't quit for one more day. So there's that application. The other application is that you're closer to the things you want in your life than you think. And most people think that their dreams or their vision, what they're imagining is really far away. It's going to take a long time because they think that way. They behave in accordance with that belief system and they perpetually keep that vision, that dream, that thing they want that far away. They act like it. I think the truth is your one decision, one relationship, one potential meeting, one thought, one emotion, one podcast, one book away from making major changes in your life. And then it's much more closer than you think. Lastly, it's a standard. So if you lack self-confidence, you've had people on your show that have said this. And I, one of the first ones to say it, I think, which is that if you don't have self-confidence, it's because you have a reputation with yourself where you don't keep the promises you make to you. And so you don't have any self-trust. You don't have any self-confidence. If you want to build baseline self-confidence, start keeping the promises you make to yourself. Get up when you say you're going to do. Make the contacts you say. Work out the way you're saying you're going to do. You're going to drink a gallon of water a day? Do it. You're going to make your bed in the morning? Do it. You start doing these little things, you build a reputation of self-confidence. The question then becomes, how do you become better than that? How do you become superhuman almost? You got to have a different standard. So I got a chapter called One More Standard. What's the different standard? Well, I don't just keep the promises I make to myself. I do that plus one more. So if I'm going to make 10 contacts a day, I keep that promise to myself. Bam, I do one more. I'm going to do 10 reps on the bench. I do the 10. Yep. And then I do one more. I'm going to tell my wife I love her every day. Yep. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it one more time. I'm going 45 minutes on the treadmill. No, I'm going one more minute on the treadmill. And so you change the standard because you don't always get your goals. You and I have proven that. We've got a lot of our goals. but We don't get all of them, especially if they're real goals. You probably get 25% of them. You will always ultimately get your standards. And so we want to change your life. You change your standards. And so for me, that standard for a long time has been one more. And it served me really well. It's an amazing response, Ed. I mean, there are 30 different ways I could go off of that response alone. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. I love that sound. It makes me smile, actually. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. 
Let me tell you about Shopify. It allows entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved only for big business. So now upstarts. Startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. You know this. I know this. Because I know where this particular podcast started, and I know where we are right now. This is why you want to use Shopify. I love it because it has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. What you want to do is go to shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase, and get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify right now. Again, go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E, shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. But let me ask you this, is living the life of your dreams or being the best version of yourself a matter of implementing the power of one more over and over and over it again? Like, is it a series of one mores or can your life be transformed by the power of one more singular event or action? Could it be that dramatic? Yeah, it can be. I mean, think about Janet in your life. Think about Christiana and mine. I mean, that one decision that I made to ask her out or to get married changed the direction of my life, man. There's been, there's been decisions I avoided doing something that changed my life. Brother, I played golf three weeks ago. This will blow your mind. You want to have an extreme example, right? But here's an extreme example. Friends are like, you guys got similar net worth. You need to meet this dude. I'm like, eh, all right. So I go to the tee box to play. He goes, oh, Ed Milet, man, I, next five hours, I'm going to learn everything. I'm a fan of yours. And I'm like, no, brother, that's not really how I operate. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, I already know about me. I want to know about you. Tell me about you. He goes, well, we could do it on the first tee. I go, give it to me. He goes, well, 1986, I loaned a guy 50 grand. So did my best friend. A week later, best friend got cold feet, got the money back. I went ahead and kept with the loan. It turned into $750 million. Oh. I went, I said, What? I go, you loaned a guy 50 grand, it turned into 750 large. Yeah, took a long time, but it did. I said, who the hell did you loan this money to? Jeff Bezos. Oh, wow. I said, get out of here. Now, that's an extreme example, right? But there's been a series of these things in my life, not to that extent, but that have changed my life completely. The business that I went into, right? There's a couple meetings I've had, like clients and stuff, altered my life, right? So, yeah, I do believe you're one more away. Here's the whole thing. How do you find them? How do you get those meetings? How do you have those thoughts? How do you find them? Right. And the, the, and, the, and the truth is there's a there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. It's in the prefrontal cortex of your brain. That's as detailed as I'm going to get. But what it really is, is it's the filter of your life. In the book, I call it the matrix. It reveals to you what it is that's most important to you in your life. And be, so these things have always been there. I just bought a Tesla. Last time you and I went to dinner, I rolled up. I didn't even know how to get back in the car, right? So I get a Tesla. Brother, I see freaking Teslas everywhere now. Of course. White one. Other side of the freeway, bro. Three lanes over, going the other direction. Babe, black Tesla. Were these cars always there? Yes, but I never saw them before. Why? They weren't part of my RAS. They weren't important enough to me. And if you're in a crowded room, there's 300 people in the room. Very audibly, someone says, Jim, you can hear your own name over the entire crowd in a room. Why? It's important to you. So the key thing is, how do you program that RAS so that the Teslas of your life 
become those meetings, those relationships, those thoughts, those emotions. That's the key thing in life. They're all there. You're missing them because what's most important in your RIS are your anxieties, your worries, your to-do list, your fears. And so you perpetually see those things that reinforce that filter. But if you can change the filter, those relationships, those conversations, those thoughts, those parts of a book, those parts of a podcast jump out at you like the Tesla and it alters you. Um, holy shit. So, I mean, I mean, Ed, how do we change? Okay. They, they need to read the book. Of course. I don't want you to give everything up from the book, but can you give me a sense? How do you change that filter? So you're more alert to these opportunities and these things. How do we start to see the Teslas that are out there that we didn't think existed? Here, I'll give you the most basic one. That's easy to get on a podcast. Cause the book, you probably have to read the more specific one. Sure. Here's the most basic one. Your mind moves towards what it's most familiar with repetitively. So what you repetitively think about or what you repetitively feel you move towards. So I teach in the book, very simple, repetitious, high volume, repetitious visualizations of very specific things you want. And what starts to happen is that prefrontal cortex starts to ha a thought. When you have a thought that you didn't have before, Jimmy, what happens is you open up a space that didn't exist before the thought. So this space didn't exist before you thought it. Once you think it, your mind goes to work on furnishing that space. It needs to find the people, the things, the places to fill that place up. So it's the repeated thought. You already have repeated thoughts. You already do this. It's just whether or not you're in control of them and whether or not they serve you. Most people, when they wake up, I know from experience personally, when they wake up, <gasps> what do I got to do? What am I worried about? I mean, they haven't left the bed. What do I got to do? What am I worried about? What's the stuff that could get me today? My old man, Jim, growing up, I don't know why he said this to me. We get these thoughts installed in us when we're kids by loving people, but they, they alter us, right? We adapt these beliefs. Jim, my dad more than like 3,000 times in my life, no matter what I've said, hey, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm taking Max the Angel game. Hey, have a great time. Be careful. I'm like, what? <laughs> Be careful. Of what? Or like, hey, how'd the speech go? Hey, it went great. Where are you heading afterwards? Uh, I'm going to go grab dinner. All right, have a great dinner. Be careful. He had this way of speaking that he constantly told me since I was a little kid to be careful. Well, guess what? That's programmed my RAS to be careful of people, things, relationships. I don't want to insult anybody. I don't want to offend them. What are they thinking about me? Who's out to get me? It made me freeze on business deals. It made me not make certain decisions. And that may seem very basic. So the way we override that is we're feeding our mind what we're most familiar with. And we're feeding our mind now our visualizations and our dreams. I teach you how to slow them down, how to do them in slow motion, how to change the color of them, um, how to speed them up, how to add music to them. It's very, and it's not complicated. Like, I'm not that smart of a guy. You can vouch for that. This is very basic No, I, I, that's absolutely not something I can vouch for at all. Well, I would well, never you, vouch you for that. This, you, you do know this from the sports wheel, though. Great athletes do this reflexively almost. And this is really true. When I work with amateur athletes and I say, let, let me, let's visualize the pitch coming in. Because this happened to me when I played college baseball. I got hurt and I had to visualize. So just stay with me on this. The, spe the specificity with which you visualize alters that RAS. So you ask a, an average player, even in the big leagues, hey, visualize the pitch coming in. You go, you go, yeah, I can see it. I go, well, where's the camera? They go, what do you mean? I said, well, are you seeing this over the pitcher's shoulder like you watch it on TV or are you seeing it from your batter's box view? The average player will go, I, I don't even know that. Mm -hmm. So I said, what kind of visualizations, if you don't even know the lens you're looking through? Oh, okay, then it's uh, from the batter's box. Okay, cool. Can you see the release point of the pitcher's hand? Uh, no. Is he left or right-handed? I don't know. Well, let's make him right-handed. Can you see the stitches on the ball? What kind of a pitch is it? 
Uh, it's a breaking ball. Well, how would we know that? We would know that because we would see the dot on the stitches coming in. And I make them reinforce and specify the visualization. But if you went and asked Mike Trout the same question, he can tell you, oh, uh, from the uh, center field camera, he's a right-hander, release points here, I can see the stitches. Mike Trout can see the stitches rotating backwards after it hits the bat on the ball. So it's the specificity with which we visualize. And it's a muscle. And the more you get good at it, you will, people will literally tell me in three or four months after reading this book, they're going to go, dude, I don't know if this is coincidental or not, but I did get this meeting. I did meet this person. I did have this conversation. I am in this environment now. And it won't be coincidental because those Teslas were always there. You just weren't programming your mind to find them. Mm, Ed. So as a small business owner, you're probably juggling a hundred balls in the air and you do not have time to interview candidates who just aren't qualified for your role. I get that. And so does LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to find the people you want to interview faster and for free. I've been there. I know this. This is why I loved LinkedIn Jobs. This is how we find our talent to work on our programs. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest network of over 770 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every single week, nearly 40 million job seekers go to LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Rome. linkedin.com slash R-O-M-E to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Let me ask you this. Now, the book is called The Power of One More. We're talking about your dad. Let me ask you something. What would you give to have one more day with your dad, one more round of golf with your dad, one more dinner with your dad, one more sit down with your dad, one more phone call with your dad? Probably my right arm, um, literally, uh, and, and more. And that's when you you make me emotional, but that's, that's when you understand the power of what one more is, is when I take it from you. My favorite thing to do is golf with my old man. And we weren't good golfers and we disagreed on about everything. And I loved it because my best dude was sitting four inches from me in a golf cart for five hours for me to have that guy, watch him walk across the green one more time, man, with his little floppy hat on go, Hey man, good putt dad. Yeah, that was a good one, Eddie. (laughs) You know, I would give anything for that, anything for it. And I would just ask everybody, listen to this. What if I told you, you only have one more conversation with your children? How much more precious would it be walking through that front door tonight? What if I told you, you can only have one more dance with your sweetie? What if I told you that this was your last meeting? The last podcast you're going to listen to? The last anything. When I take the one mores from you, you start going, wow, this stuff's powerful and valuable. But we take them for granted every day of our lives. Napoleon Hill says, man, and think and grow rich. Begin with the end in mind when you set a goal. I'm going to take it to a different level. I'm going to tell you that's how life should be. You should begin with the end of your life in mind and work your way back. I held my old man's hand when he took his last breath. And in that moment, I became very connected to the end of my own life, ironically. 
you have a lot of thoughts when your dad passes away in front of you. One of them that surprised me was me. I'm next. I don't know if that's in five years or 55 years, but I know it's coming. And I think most of us live like we're, we think everyone else is going to die, but not us. The truth is there's going to be an end of all of our lives. And what my dad celebrated in those last moments is what I want to celebrate. My memories, my moments, my family, what I've achieved, where I've gone, what I've accomplished, who I've become. And I, you know me pretty well. And I know you pretty well. And the truth is, you and I do take our lives just slightly more seriously than the average person. And I don't mean that you and I are not average men, because we are average in many ways, but we don't approach our lives in an average everyday way. We have this notion inside of us, both of us, that every man or woman listening to this should have, which is, I was born to do something freaking great with my life. I'm supposed to do something awesome in big ways and small ways. And it's about time I get around to it before it's too late. And if you're lucky enough to have a parent that's still living, have those meetings, have those conversations. And if they're gone like my dad is, honor them with who you become. Honor them with your life. And I, that's the coolest thing about this book, bro. I get to like honor my dad as I talk to people about it. But also, hopefully I'm honoring him with how I conduct myself in the world as a man. And it holds me to a different standard because of it. So that's how I look at those one mores. You know this. I'd give anything to be with my dad one more time. No, I know this, Ed. I know this, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And I also wanted to get your subsequent thought that if we approached everything in the world like we might not get another opportunity, how much more intensity and focus would we bring to everything? And then how much better would the quality of our life be? And you answered that exactly the way I thought that you would. In terms of the book itself, now, I mean, this has been an extraordinary amount of work. The book is not yet out. If people pre-order the book, they actually get an extraordinary gift with it. What is the gift? It's pretty bananas. I try to figure a way out. First, I wanted to get people to buy the book, right? And the other thing, I'm like, how do I reward everybody? Man, I've been really blessed. I've been a public person for like a decade. People are so good to me. So I'm like, I'm going to put an event on with the best speakers that I really know. So I have this event. It's May 27th. It's me, Andy Frisella, Eric Thomas, Rob Deerdick, John Gordon, Maria Menunos, Jenna Kutcher, Mel Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Jim Quick, who's like a brain memory guy. And if you pre-order my book, you get to that event for free can watch it at your house or your office. <laughs> it's totally free. And if you want to buy more than like one book, there's some amount of books, you can actually come to the event in person. But I did it so it's free. I did it so people that are out there struggling or want to turn their life around, I want to give them an experience for a day where they're like, I just overdosed on inspiration and information that can you know overwhelmingly transfer your life in one day. I don't think it takes forever to change your life. And so for me, I planned this meeting like, what if this was my one last meeting? What if this was the one last conference I was going to do? How would I want it to be? And I want it to be free. And I want as many people as I possibly can to get access to some of the most, you know, incredible thought leaders, inspirers, and business people on the planet. And so that's what the event is. You can go to maxoutlive.com, maxoutlive.com. And all the info's right there. Just pre-order my book, put it in, and you're you're off to the races. Well, I saw him be very clear about this. Number one, like when you say I wanted people to buy the book, I mean that's very transparent and very amusing in a way because Ed, look, they were gonna buy the book. All right, they were gonna right. buy the book anyway. I I understand what it would take and what it would cost to put on something like this. 
and it would not be cheap. This is a lot of work and a lot of money. You don't need to be giving this away, but you are. So I want to acknowledge that. Secondly, let me ask you this. I mean, the book is available wherever you get books. Do you get this free invite to this event wherever you get books, or do they need to go to your website? No, you can go get the book at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever. And then if you go to Max Out Live, there's links to all those sites on that site. But if you go to the website, you just got to put your name and go, hey, I bought a book. We trust you. We just trust you. Say, hey, I bought a book and, Good. and you're in. Good. So let me ask you this. You, I mean, you're a mentor to so many people, to athletes, to entertainers, to CEOs, to politicians, to really prominent people. I'm really curious, on the way up, who are even now, who are some of your more prominent mentors to you personally? Yeah, my dad was the biggest. Um, by a mile. And the reason is, is that I so deeply believe that human beings can change because I watched my hero do it. My dad lived like crap my first 15 years, bro. He was an alcoholic and a drug addict and he lived really bad. And then in one decision and one change, I watched this man live magnificently the next 35 years. Funny thing, my dad got sober on 420. <laughs> my huh. dad's sobriety birthday is incredible right that's amazing Isn't that crazy? and the rest of his life he never celebrated his real birthday only celebrated his sobriety birthday huh. so my dad was um i will tell you that tony robbins was early in my life he made a difference and impacted my life wayne dyer who's a wonderful thought leader spiritual man i met god's been really good to me man i met tony very young and i met wayne dyer very young and i met my dad when i was born so that was pretty cool so i've had <laughs> you know i've had those three in my life. Wayne Dyer was more like a, a guy who taught me about humility, um, taught me about intention. I'll tell you a funny thing, an interesting thing. I met him running on a beach in Maui. He was running towards me. It's a long story, but I ended up sitting on the beach with him and we watched the sun come up together. It was kind of a cool thing. And, and when we were done, he goes, Hey, Ed, you're going to change the world. And then he was, calm. I'm sure he said that to a lot of people. He said, look, man, you're, I think you're brilliant. The way you articulate your thinking is very unique. And he goes, would you do me a favor the rest of your life? Little did I know we would stay friends until his passing. But I said, yeah. And he goes, I hope you never link any of your worth or your confidence to that. I said, what? He goes, I don't want you to link your worth and your confidence all the time to your abilities or your achievements because that's fleeting and you'll always be chasing it. He goes, the reason you're going to change the world, man, is because you have beautiful intent. Your intentions are powerful, Ed. And I've never forgotten it, Jim. And so my confidence, I have a whole chapter in the book on how do you really build your identity and your confidence. But one piece of it is, is by focusing on your own intentions. One of the things that would most people don't know about you, I just want to say this about you, because we become pretty close in a short window in a very odd, an odd time in life too, right? It's not normal to do that when you add a really good new friend that you, know, you deeply care about. What people don't know about you is that you have some of the most pure, beautiful, truly amazing intentions as a man of anyone I have ever met in my life. And I knew it within about 15 minutes of meeting you. And I know why you're successful. You're the best in the world of the various different things you've done, but it's really, you just, you intend to make a difference. You intend to be great. You intend to be excellent at what you do and you are. And so I've always focused on my intentions as a source of my confidence and my strength, not always just my ability or always just the external achievement. And that's something everyone listening to this is like, hey, man, I haven't produced results yet. I'm not where I want to be. What if you started giving yourself credit a little bit more often, man, for your damn intentions, your intention to serve, your intentions to grow, your intentions to love your family and win for them? That's where your source of strength should come from. And so those three, I would say, would probably be the primary ones in my life off the top of my head. My brother, now you're choking me up. 
I mean, I, I, I can't even tell you how much that means to me, and I, I can't thank you enough for saying that. That's an amazing thing to say, and I and I agree with you. You and I became very, very good friends at a very unusual time, like right during the pandemic, and we connected immediately, and I sensed it, and I know why people are so attracted to you and the way you are. You know, before you go, and, and again, I want to be very appreciative and protective of your time. There's so many things I would talk to you about, but when you talk about your father, and that he was an alcoholic and he was a drug addict, but then he made a choice. Then he made a decision. What was that choice? What was that decision? How did he get clean and sober, and how did he stay that way? Best question you could ask me, man, because it just occurred to me recently. So um, he actually went away and went to a program, and he was an AA. My dad was an AA for 35 years. He went to, My dad ended up, bro, my dad had cancer, chemo. My dad would still go to meetings four or five days a week mm. after being sober 34 years. So here's what he did that most people don't do. He just stuck to a routine in a program. He fell in love with the process of being sober. Not enough entrepreneurs or, or anybody in life fall in love with the process. My dad fell in love with a process. Could there have been another process that worked for my dad? Sure. But he bought into a process and a system and he stuck to it. But something occurred to me the other day. And by the way, he made the decision because he was losing his family. I said, Dad, why is this going to be any different this time? And he said, I got one more chance. All these one mores, man. Your yeah. mom's going to take you and the kids. Your sisters and you are gone. And you're, you and your, your sisters deserve a dad you can be proud of. And mom deserves a husband she could respect. So I'm going to give this one more try. I'll share this with you last. A few weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. I've already written the book. And that decision my old man made, my dad made, really altered my life. I'm not sure you and I are here if he didn't. And... I woke up. I said, Christiana, wake up. It's like 3.15. She goes, what, what? I said, someone helped daddy. She said, what? I said, someone helped my dad. Someone helped my dad get sober and clean. And I don't know who this person is. And I owe this person everything. This other beautiful human being helped my dad in the darkest, most ashamed moment of his life in some bar or some quiet room or a coffee shop. I don't know where. And they transformed my dad's life and they transformed Max and Bella's, our kids' lives and our grandkids who haven't even been born yet. And they probably don't even know that I've reached millions of people. And I said, babe, that's not the most crazy part. The craziest part is what qualified them to help my dad was the thing they were most ashamed of about themselves, was their biggest mistakes, their life experience, the fact that they were also an alcoholic and a drug addict. Little did that person know when they were doing the things they think disqualified them the most from being a person who could contribute to the world, drinking, using drugs, probably stole money, lied, cheated, all these things they were most ashamed of, their worst experiences of their life, the things they think disqualifies them the most from ever doing anything. And a lot of people think that you don't know about this divorce, my bankruptcy, my other business fail, this thing I'm ashamed of. You don't know. I've never even done anything extraordinary. I'm just very average. All these things that people use to disqualify themselves was the very freaking thing that qualified this precious person to change my family tree forever. That's the irony of it. It's the very things that most humans walk around going, that's why I'm not qualified. That's why I can't do it. That test ended up being a testimony for that person. It sounds hokey, but the entire mess they made in their life became the message they gave my dad to change their own life. And that's what we're all born to do. Our own life experience, our own mistakes, our own setbacks, combined with our own gifts, our own breakthroughs, our own stuff we've learned. And you share that with another person and you alter their flipping life. And so everyone listen, stop the BS, stop the crap with I'm not qualified. This person's worst mistakes of their life qualified them to help the most important man in my life, my dad. 
when he needed them the most. But they had the courage to step out of where they were and offer help, extend themselves, do something uncomfortable, do something they might have even been ashamed of or felt ill-prepared to do. They weren't waiting around for the perfect moment. And I'm sober 90 years. For all I know, they've been sober a week. I don't know. But they altered the direction of my family forever. And every human being listening to this, those may be the very things you're ashamed of or that have been average in your life is what is going to make you change other people's lives and step into the new you. Ed, all hyperbole aside, that one person who to this day you still do not, still do not know and who knows who that person is, who knows how many millions of people, never mind the trajectory of your father's life or your family or generations of your family, you think of the platform you have, you think of the message you have, you think of the megaphone that you have. Who knows how many millions of lives that one person may have changed. This book is called The Power of One More. It's going to drop soon, my good friend. Tell them once again where they can get this book because as good as this conversation was— and by the way, the best ever. There is so much more to it in the book. And there's the amazing event, which is on May 27th. Where do they go to get the book? And then also the free ticket to the event. Yep. You can get the, thank you, brother. You can get the book anywhere right now. You can pre-order it everywhere. It's on every damn platform on the planet. So you can go <laughs> pre-order it right now. The event's May 27th. Go to Max Out Live, put your stuff in there and you're in the event for free. If this is after May 27th, just go get the damn book. And then go to thepowerofonemore.com. That's another site. If it's after May 27th, there's a bunch of tools on there. But for right now, go order the book anywhere. Go to maxoutlive.com and you're golden. My brother, I know you've poured, like everything else, you've poured your absolute heart and soul into this project. I know what you've put into it. I absolutely cannot wait for it to drop and for the world to see it. I love you. I respect you. I appreciate you so much. And thank you, Ed, so much for coming back on. Love you, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I mean, wow. Again, in no way am I looking to slight anybody else that I've spoken to in this space. Now, I've been in this game for three decades plus, and the truth is some of the most compelling, dynamic people that I've ever met have appeared on this podcast in the last year alone. So when I say that I've met some of the most fascinating, inspiring, and motivating people ever in this space, that really says something. But again, and not to slight anybody, Ed Milet truly does stand apart from the rest in what he does. No one better. No one better in what he knows, how he communicates it, how he inspires, and how he leads. I'm going to give you a sports analogy. Tom Brady, by virtue of his seven Super Bowl rings, is generally considered the GOAT, or greatest of all time. Beloved by countless millions. But that title previously belonged to Joe Montana, who played in four Super Bowls, and he won all four. Not only was Joe worshipped by millions, I saw the way other great players, even Hall of Famers, were when they got around him, how they treated him. Even the greats were awed by Joe Montana because he was that different, because he had an aura. Not only could he raise his game when the stakes were highest and the pressure immense, it's how he did it. He could see and do things that nobody else could see or do or even imagine. I can count on one hand the number of athletes that I've encountered in my life that I would put in that same category. Wayne Gretzky is another. Frankly, I'm not even sure they can explain how they see and do things that others can't begin to fathom or imagine. 
Now, my man Ed has the same gift in what he does, and he has a similar effect on his Max Out Nation, and even those who are performing in the same space and sharing the same stage that Ed is on when he's speaking, they know who the alpha is. They know who the top dog is. Hell, I'm sure Ed knows it, but most importantly, my guy's a man of great faith, humility, gratitude, and he treats everybody that he comes into contact with with the utmost respect and love. I know this as I've seen Ed with his family, with the extremely wealthy, and how he interacts with all of his followers and people he meets. Simply said, a uniquely gifted individual who has the knowledge, desire, energy, and charisma to transform lives and the world at large. I have learned so much from him, and I'm proud to call him a close friend. And proud of him for taking the time to put his thoughts to paper and write a book that I know will not only stand the test of time, but actually transcend it as well. The Power of One More. Make sure you get it. And there's still time to pre-order so you can take part in his one-of-a-kind event, which features some of the greatest speakers and orators in the world. Now, if you're hearing all this and thinking, damn, Rome, you love this dude. Exactly. I do love this dude. And his book, and so will you. So go get it right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I know this is an app that you're going to want to share, so please do so. And in the meantime, make sure you are subscribed. And if you feel like you're getting something positive from this podcast, please make sure you review it and pass it along as every little bit helps. Stay after it, and I will see you next time right here on The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.